Welcome to the Summer Flash Flashcast with me, Lisa Schmeiser, and with me, as always, are Phil Mozilek and Tony Sindelar. Which which hello. one which one of us says hello first? I forget. It's been so long. I, I think it's Moe's. I, I know. I don't are are know. you not going to say hello to the nerds? Hel- hello, nerds. Um, also, hello, other people. But hello, nerds, Yay! especially. Yay! So, yeah, uh, as you can see, the uh, summer doldrums have gotten to us. Our brains have melted. We're in desperate need of getting back to regular TV schedule. In the absence, we have been finding Flash-related media to watch. Um, I will direct everybody to our page on The Incomparable, where you can hear our first summer installment, which was uh, the Flashpoint Paradox uh, movie. And this time we are going to be discussing uh, the two-part episode, The Brave and the Bold, from the Justice League comic uh, cartoon. Excuse me. And the cartoon aired in the early 2000s and is available now on Netflix and iTunes and Amazon. We watched The Brave and the Bold, which is a two-part episode. The numbering is a bit confusing because... um, well, it was the 12th and the 13th episode, I believe, on Netflix. You'll find is like 13 and 14. Any hoodle, um, we picked these epi- the Brave and the Bold for two reasons. Number one, it's Flash-centric. Flash Number two, Gorilla Grodd. <laughs> Indeed. We have a Big Gorilla Grodd episode. Yeah, lots so, of gorillas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that, I'm, I'm going to actually, um, Tony was the one who did the legwork and suggested the episodes for us. So I'm going to throw it to Tony to explain why he picked these and um, start steering the conversation from there. So uh, I'm a big fan of the Justice League animated series, and I know Lisa had seen it. And Mose, I believe you had not seen uh, at least not many of these before, right? You, you were pretty new to this? I, maybe. May, yeah, maybe in passing, very, but very not new. like as a, as a series. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, never, never seeking anything out. So in thinking about what our summer homework would be I had lots of uh, strong uh, memories of the Justice League uh, and Justice League Unlimited show, uh, and I went to Wikipedia and went through the episode list, and there's not actually a ton of Flash-centric episodes, because there's not a ton of episodes that are super focused on uh, one member of the Justice League. Like They do a pretty good job of it as a team show, uh, but I thought this first set of ones, uh, this is pretty early in the Justice League show, so like if you... You know, just wanted to drop in for kind of a random uh, episode, and your your entry point is an interest in the Flash. Like the Brave and the Bold is a pretty good one. It's basically kind of a buddy mm-hmm. cop uh, team up uh, of uh, the Flash and Green Lantern, um, and and they're buddies. Um, I will say the Flash is not actually a huge like. There's not any episodes really in Justice League that are like all about the Flash off on his own doing adventures. He's very much mm-hmm. like a supporting character, and Justice League is very oriented around like it being a team show with all the different heroes interacting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justice League Unlimited, which is kind of the follow-up series, is a little different. Basically, in Justice League, it's like your core... Uh, I forget how many members like there the are. Course, like seven. Like something the core like. seven, yeah. I think. Yeah. And they're almost all in every episode. Justice League mm-hmm. Unlimited, the idea is that they have like opened the doors and they bring in like all their B and C list DC heroes. And so they will have episodes that are going to be like, we're going to focus on two heroes you've never heard of, or maybe one hero you've never heard of who's teaming up with you know, a, a, a more A-lister. Uh, and they kind of—that's a little bit more. Those off of you on who have been waiting adventures. for those of you who've been waiting for Hawk and Dove, here's your chance. Yeah, the time is now. <laughs> so yeah. I thought this would be a good kind of entry point. Um, the Flash on in, in Justice League is—you uh, know—he's kind of interesting in that he's he's named Wally West, uh, mm-hmm. but he. You know, as if you've been watching The Flash, you've seen that there are different versions of The Flash. Um, 
in terms of your, uh, your your Barry Allens and your Jay Garricks, uh, Wally West is a later Flash, and though this one is named Wally West, they very much kind of merge a lot of the kind of characteristics of your Barry Allen uh, Flash into it, in that he's like a forensic scientist and and things like that. But he is, you can, I think he is a, a different character than what we're used to on the show. So, um, yeah, yeah. And, and we're going to continue the summer homework with uh, two more blocks of uh, Flash-related uh, Justice League episodes, but mm-hmm. we'll, ta- we'll talk more about that later. Yeah. What I think is really um, interesting about this guy is he's plainly the comic relief. Yes. Because um, if you're coming to expect, oh, he's got heart and he's principled and... Up- no, this is actually a Flash who sells his commercial likeness. Um <laughs> because he doesn't see the reason to pass up easy money. He's a bit of a womanizer. Um, But the composition of the Justice League as a whole, everybody in that team takes themselves very, very seriously, except for the Flash. Yes, he is is the breath of fresh air, because everybody else is just so stern and kind of on the job, on the clock, militaristic, like, let's get the job done. Yeah, yeah. they, I, I, it's my opinion that in the earlier part of the series, they kind of had a hard time um, differentiating personality-wise between them, um, and they they didn't give a lot. The Flash was the first one of a personality that wasn't just you know square jaw and very noble. He was always kind of quippy, but it took a while before you could literally figure out whether a line was was coming from the Green Lantern versus the Martian Manhunter versus. Um, I would say even Hot Girl, because there was a while where the three of them were just basically the same personality template. Um, yeah, and it's hard because they, I mean, they are a certain kind of hero archetype that, were, yeah. you know, they're, 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 they they lean heavily on the strong, silent type in the Justice League. Uh, yeah. And that kind of works probably okay when they're in stories by themselves. But when you put them together, uh, it's kind of like, wow, yeah. I don't I don't think I'd like to work in this workplace. So, you know. Although, weird, although weirdly, this is my favorite Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Like I really like what they do with John Stewart in this um in the in the series as a whole, and one of the reasons um I like this series is I love the aesthetic of it. I really love the um I really love the fluid animation. I love how all of the the lines have been pared down. It's this really elegant, almost minimalist style, mm-hmm. but it's still very child. It's Oof. it's still very kid oriented, you know, and um. I wonder if the and again I think I think we touched on this the last time the reason they had such such a problem with the uh uh Flashpoint Paradox movie is it like the, the the style was just so different. With this one like the only thing I really snicker about is the fact that the Flash is built like exactly like Green Lantern and Superman and Batman where it's just this one body archetype and I kept thinking, you know, he's supposed to run really fast would he really be built like a fullback you know like wouldn't you wouldn't you have him be more slender um but see I mean, and yeah. like going mm-hmm. going from the, the two different styles mm-hmm. like i i was really like i told tony just before we started recording i was like mm-hmm. yeah i'm really not sold on this animation like i don't i almost think flashpoints better mm. like i just couldn't I mean, handle like how generic it had been this is a lot cheaper animation to be fair yeah. right like this was this is budget uh cartoon network budget, cable like, at, tv t- and tv animation as opposed like, to i mean flashpoint yeah. was like a direct to dvd type movie but that's like that's a midway yeah, point between movie. that and um, feature feature animation right so it is it's 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 a lot cheaper yeah <laughs> And also, it's older, because yeah. this is stuff that got animated, like, in 2000, and um, 
if you want to place the age, you, all you have to do is like watch the opening credits on this, where they've got the the three D computer model. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I'm like, They're, oh, it's it, Macromedia Shockwave. <laughs> yeah. Or made him imposer. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, in, in Justice League Unlimited, there's a new uh, a new intro yeah. sequence because that one, the the Justice League intro sequence, feels incredibly dated to like 2002 yeah. CGI yeah. riding high. That said, I I freaking love the music for it. it like, yeah, I, I I need like a clip or something so i can play it at the gym because um, <laughs> i love the intro music and they do a great job with it um and like i said they I, didn't I like... skimp on the voice talent no. no the voice talent's amazing um it's michael rosenbaum who plays the flash um and i really really enjoy his work on this show uh so you know there's that and um it's phil lamar i think does john stewart yeah he does like and... a million powers booth he does a million characters does yes and powers yeah. booth is yes. your guest star yeah well they did great guest stars too because they've got clancy brown as as um lex luther and he's just a delight and cch pounder is amanda waller in later episodes and um like they really have actors who know what they're doing and it's it's a delight um i really i really like the voice talent on it like i said i like the animation because i like how pared down it is and i like how stylized it is there's something almost art deco about it well, maybe something almost more WPA art like about it to me with 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 how it just strips things down to this this almost heroic realism as far as the figures go. And like there's not a whole lot of detail to background characters like everybody kind of looks alike. <laughs> and um, I, I like how visually simple it is. I think I think it makes it easy to watch. Yeah, I will say I think it takes a while to get used to it for people if people are uh, checking us out uh, kind of. Uh, for the first time uh, I, I've been watching a lot of DC animated stuff this summer and definitely yeah. uh, even there's 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 kind of different uh, demarcation to it when they had different animation studios doing the work for them and like different budgetary stuff and like when there'll be like a new kind of style like it takes a while but then like after a couple episodes I feel like you don't really notice it anymore you you, you kind of get used yeah. to the style uh, and, and flows but it does like the, the kind of the first response to it is like this feels really dated and like, I don't know, it can be hard to watch uh, a cartoon that uh, is really old animation done for TV. If you don't have any kind of nostalgia investment in it at first, because like the quality isn't great. And I watch a lot of cartoons. I was recently watching like literally like a VHS rip of this weird uh, cyberpunk show called Phantom 2040. And the animation quality was bad. And the v- it had like mm-hmm. the VHS lines in it and all that kind of stuff. But like after a couple episodes, like you get into it and like you can follow the story. And that's the key thing. Like, are the stories interesting? Uh, and not all cartoons have interesting stories, but some do. And for me, it's worth it to kind of get over that hurdle of like, you know choppy uh choppy animation it helps that the voices are good now, now t- tony yeah. this is you know honestly this is your one of your favorite you know we're talking about story now mm-hmm. we're talking about gorilla grod mm-hmm. now how mm-hmm. did you feel about gorilla grod kind of talking like powers booth i mean it really wasn't very animalistic i was okay with that i think that worked for animation in a way that was not gonna was not gonna work great for CGI, right? Like I think their choice in the show, yeah. where basically Gorilla Grodd like talks in people's heads with his 
I guess, telepathy that he's got, that works okay, as mm-hmm. opposed to, uh, you know, like, I mean, literally in this episode, there's a scene where we have a gorilla, and it's, we, there's kind of the fake out where, like, we maybe think it's going to be a gorilla grod, and it's not gorilla grod, it's, it's Solovar, the, like, sheriff of Gorilla City who's chasing down gorilla grod. Like, <laughs> he steals a car, and he's driving, like, a, a convertible that's... through Central City, and it's like, that's funny, and that works in a cartoon. I think that would have been, A, incredibly expensive, mm-hmm. and B, a lot harder to sell as CGI and live action, right? Um, I yeah. think I want that, though. <laughs> I mean, I want that, but I don't think we're going to get that, so... <laughs> I, I The only thing I think is, is, I think if we got it, we'd be annoyed by it if it were on mm-hmm. the CW. Um, that said, we have been delighted by other, uh, other automotive hijinks on the CW, um, so, you know, live in hope, I guess. Yeah. But I, I do... I wanted to talk a little bit about the the general story here and how, you know, Grodd is basically this renegade and this outlier and um like there's a there's a there's a clash of gorilla ethoses within the gorilla civilization. <laughs> I'm sorry, yep. it's just so funny. And um you know, it's what I what I enjoy about it is just this idea that yeah oh of course there's like a hidden gorilla city that you you people are too stupid to notice why wouldn't there be, and it totally works within the confines of this universe like nobody bats an eye at that notion like once they're like oh okay you know when, once you've had psychic gorillas I'm I'm pretty sure of course they'd have a civilization like why wouldn't they, <laughs> and uh, and it kind of works at the end. Mm-hmm. I, I think it kind of works also in the like the Justice League world because in the Justice League yeah. world there's all this crazy stuff happening, right? There's Atlantis, Always. there's regular alien invasions, there's all of these caped heroes wandering around. So like the world is just like this weird kind of crazy place. Whereas like our entry point for Flash is like there is this big explosion and there are superheroes for the first time and supervillains for the first time. Mm-hmm. So like, like the entry point is like the world is, is normal and it's pretty much, you know, until it took this divergent point. And that's not how justice league works. Mm-hmm. Justice league is like, no, the world is crazy. There's all kinds of weird stuff going on. We've got a space station. We're yeah. keeping track of it. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the space station <laughs> a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is that okay? Again, I'm coming at this from a very novice mm-hmm. level, and we dropped you in is in the space- middle. We didn't have you start at the beginning, right? So, is this canon the space station of the Justice League? Because yeah. when I remember the mm-hmm. cartoon, when I was younger, they had a actual mun- municipal building, like in New York City. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, <laughs> the yeah. hall, you're yeah. thinking of the Halls of Justice. You got it. So this is the Watchtower, yeah. which is their. Uh, you know, it's basically the orbital version of that. Um, yeah. So, okay. you know. Um, B- budgets are bigger. Budgets, it's, and, it's, it's, and, I think there's a joke about, like, it's like, it's a, you know, a looked over line item in the Wayne Enterprises budget, right? Um, yeah. And there, there is actually... I think the rationale behind putting it in space was that this way no one country had control. Yeah. I think there may be and some tactical could, stuff too because they have to deal with aliens yeah. a decent amount, and they want to be able to like yeah. detect and deal with them. There is, uh, and they I can think, at some point stuff, and, and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there is the idea though that it is secret because I believe there is in Justice League, which again I haven't watched all the way through in a while, but I've seen it before. There's, uh, I believe, there's a plot arc where basically like the governments find out about that and do not mm-hmm. like the idea that there's like this, you know space station just yeah. hanging out outside of earth and like whoa you guys have kind of maybe maybe that's more power than we wanted to you know see to the superheroes um but yes. yeah that's something that comes up more in justice league unlimited yeah, which will be homework right. for a couple podcasts down the road um because i started watching some justice league unlimited today and that is basically like 
there's a substantial percentage of episodes devoted to we think you have too much power no we don't let's fight about it okay <laughs> <laughs> and that's it's it, it then it gets into like the classic superhero problem which is that you have superheroes like we would like to enforce the status quo and everyone's like status quo yay and people who are watching wait wh- wh- what um but this is nothing like that. This is basically Flash, you and Green Lantern, who are like the greatest buddy pairing on this show. Like, I love the, I, I love when they put the two of them together. I always find their episodes far more entertaining than almost any other combination. Um, it's Flash red and green. And green. They're complementary colors. Of, oh, geez, <laughs> I don't think red and green are technically complementary, but that's okay. Uh, so I think there are lots of... They are! They're exact How opposites. They go well. It's like Christmas. Okay. They go well together. Okay. Okay. Um, we'll take your word for it. I think they do. I think they are fun, right? I mean, the, the, yeah. Uh, and you, you have you know stern cop and wacky cop. Um, yeah. And you know, and this you version have of the Flash Green Lantern, who's the ex marine, and he's disciplined and uptight, and he's. I think this guy's an architect. I think John Stewart's an architect. So you've got the architect who's very precise, and he's an ex marine and, and very serious, and then you've got the Flash who is just. Despite being a forensic scientist, just total El Slavo. So, <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Phil, so, did you? What have... were some of your oh. favorite things about this episode? Uh, Phil, did you have other thoughts for having like seen being dropped into the deep end, seeing Justice League animated for the first time? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I thought was interesting is I like to look at power levels, mm-hmm. and even coming off of the CW Flash, it seems though Barry has his own set of speed that he can work out. And they really seem to underpower the Flash, at least in this episode. It seems like, you know, getting to a vehicle and outrunning a truck is somewhat perplexing for him. Yes. Like it, it, it and but at the same time when Gorilla Grodd takes his powers or manipulates his mind, he becomes a lot more fierce. Which is very interesting to me as well, because it's like, whoa, you know, the Flash unchecked can be mm-hmm. very detrimental to the the whole team, and they kind of need to respect that. And I think we actually, you know, to we will see more about that in uh, a later homework assignment. Um, some of yeah. it, I think, is they kind of want all of the characters to have uh, roughly equivalent power levels, even though... Like they're not. Um, I mean, I I always I kind of I kind of laughed when there's a scene later. I'm, I'm jumping like way way into the episode where like the other half of the Justice League gets captured by the gorillas in Gorilla City, and Batman leads like a jailbreak, and they're all busting out, and then they're like running across Gorilla City, and it's like Martian Manhunter and Hawk Girl and uh, Wonder Woman are just flying, and Batman is like mm-hmm. running behind them. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Bat- Bat- <laughs> Batman taking the long taking the long way because you don't you're the one person who didn't have flight. Um, so they do they yeah. do do some like making everybody kind of the same. Um, and and some of it is also like you're only as powerful as you remember to be because and like the 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 scene the extended chase scene with him chasing down a, a truck. That felt a little too mm-hmm. long for the show and definitely felt a little too long given what we believe Flash's yeah. powers to be. Like, he should have been able to take yeah, care of there, that. Yeah, there were some, some filler moments. Yeah. And again, I understand where we are, budgetary mm-hmm. and, and everything. <laughs> and and I, made, I, made a, I made the joke that, um, you know, this, there's a franchise in the background like Ollie's Market or uh, Donuts or something. Like you see it in the background of almost every one of these. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> oh yeah, they reuse it. Um, but that it's, it's fun. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. The uh, I, I think, and I, I don't know if I'm giving the writers more credit than they pos- than they deserve, which is entirely possible. But um, one of the dynamics that pops up repeatedly between the 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 Green Air, the Green Lantern, and Flash is that Flash isn't working up to his potential, or that Flash is is not um, doing his best, like. The idea is that he's gotten a little bit lazy because he's fast and he lets it be his his fallback or his failsafe. And there's definitely a little bit of that feel to it here too, where um he's not the guy that you count on to think to to, to think outside the box. Yeah. I mean the classic and, version of that was we have yeah. where they encounter Solovar and he gives them the backstory about Grodd and he's like, I'm gonna go deal with this now and he's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa I have these like things that protect you from his power, but it's too late. You've already left and now you're a problem. So <laughs> Yeah, they, they do yeah, make him yeah. extremely young acting. He, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's very impulsive. So. But then again, it's kind of interesting with The Flash, and especially what we kind of have seen in the Justice League movie and how they're kind of portraying him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I bear, you have to bear in mind, I have not seen any of the, the DC Universe movies that have come out, so I really don't... Um, I really can't speak to what they've done with the Flash in the context of the movies, and I suppose that um, during the next incomparable membership drive, perhaps um, an inducement to get people to subscribe will be to make me watch them. (laughs) 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 If so many people join, then we'll make Schmeiser watch the Batman versus Superman movie, and she'll cry on Twitter. Um, But, uh, you know, this, this guy... I think it helps that we already saw like one iteration of Barry Allen in a different animation thing. And this time it's Wally and um, it's pretty easy to separate him out mentally from the Barry that we have in the CW because the Barry we have in the CW is, is, you know, he's so earnest and he tries so hard. It would never occur to him to half-ass anything. And Wally here is like, I have super speed. It is here to make my life easier. I also hang out with superheroes because I get something from it. <laughs> the, and I kind of like that take, you know. The I think that I mean in the Justice League cartoons, they're cartoons. They're a lot yeah. more action oriented because that's you know doesn't cost a ton to animate versus what it costs to produce. But they are kind of I mean they're flatter characters, right? Like there's not mm-hmm. as much to the Flash in the Justice League animated as there is to the Flash in the CW show, right? Um, and some yeah. of that's budgeting, and some of that's just how it's written, right? I mean, I think mm-hmm. the Barry Allen that we know from the CW show is, like, way more nuanced and in- yeah. interesting a character than uh, than the Flash on the Justice League, who is, you know, I mean, he's fun, but, like, mm-hmm. there's not a lot to him. Um, he does get more powerful in part two. Yeah. Because he's, like, basically toying with Gorilla Grodd. Mm-hmm. He's as fast as he needs was, to be, right? Um, yes, yeah. Well, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, should we, you know, the, the, I, I like this episode. I mean, it's fun because you can do these kind of, uh, in, again, in animation, it's cheap, right? Uh, or it's not, yeah. it's, I don't know if cheap is the right word, but it's like you can do grand scale things and, and it's not super expensive. So, like, it's kind of neat that, like, this is your kind of villain of the week episode and it is this grand, mm-hmm. like, you know, Gorilla God is going to basically, like, he kind of steals a city and then commandeers, like, missiles <laughs> and, um, and then he's going to use those to blow up the Gorilla City. Um, and, like, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty exciting. 
exciting, right? Like that would be, mm-hmm. you know, that feels like what a season season of Arrow would build up to. <laughs> um, but but I, well, and then they kind of lobotomize him. Yeah, yeah, um, which is very sad, you know, because they're like, oh, he he shot for the he he's like Icarus, you know, he shoots he he flies too close to the sun, and now all of a sudden he's just a big dummy with a welted max welted max. Oh, Icarus is a story brain. about a, a a gorilla with a mind control hat. I didn't know that. So uh, I think so. Okay. I think I'm update. I'm updating the myths for for a contemporary audience nice. here. Well, he does in the, I was in that last scene. He does give the kind of he does that knowing look at the camera, which suggests maybe he is uh, not down for the count. Um, that is one of my favorite things actually about the Justice League is there's almost never um, a definitive uh, ending of any sort, and I like it for two reasons. One, because it always opens the door for um, for future episodes and returns. And two, because I think it's never too early for children to realize that there's no such thing as a finite happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> there's always danger out there. Um, or that, you know, you... Dose you've of reality, the, please. You, you know, you've... Oh, oh, sure, you've solved the problem. Go ahead and have that glass of wine or that cocktail because you've earned it. But tomorrow, something else will be around or or this will pop up later. So, so uh, you know, gather ye rosebuds and all that. I think <laughs> my favorite section <laughs> but, of know, these... I, uh, I like this uh-huh my favorite section i think of the mm-hmm. two episodes is when he first gets mind controlled by gorilla grod and he has this very weird uh dream sequence um mm-hmm. that's very weird and it's again like great great oh, in terms of the trippy yes, stuff you can right. do with animation oh the, the mirrors yes. yeah and he yeah and the fat the fat flash and then the like yeah. giant head flash and then he explodes and the, and the gorilla flash right which is actually mm-hmm. i think kind of a wink at there is a famous i believe it's gorilla grod i don't know who else it would be there is uh, like I think it's from like the seventies or the eighties. I don't remember if it's a comic or an episode of the old cartoon. There is at some point a storyline where the Justice League gets turned into gorillas. <laughs> so, and I assume that that is like a wink at that. But then he wakes up mm-hmm. in the police station and he has to interact with like civilians for a couple minutes. And in some ways, like that's way more fun to me than all the other stuff mm-hmm. where the kind of you know because so, yep. some of the pacing on the action sequences are not are kind of weak there's the part where they like basically wander into a mob in central city and they're like kind of just like you know ha- you know getting hassled by a mob for a long time i like when they're getting when the flash is like getting interrogated by the two cops that are just trying to do their job and then ju- and then green lantern comes in and he's like i posted bail and i was like oh that must feel like really knocks you down a peg when you're green lantern you have to post bail for somebody else on the justice league right <laughs> Well, where's his wallet? <laughs> Does he just use his? I mean, you know, does he pull Maybe it out. He well, money, ring? money is green. I so I think he, I think he just floats it like it floats along <laughs> in a little green bubble somewhere. <laughs> but you're right that you know it's the little things like that, Tony, that are pretty strong. Yeah, like that whole. He's like, of course, I'm telling the truth. I could have left. I, you know, it's not mm-hmm. like I have to stay. Yeah. Like that, I like that. That I think is stronger to me than you know, uh, chasing a truck for seven minutes. So, you know. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. No, I, I I also love that you know Green Lantern is the only one who's willing to go to go bail out uh, Wally. Everybody else is like, no, no, keep him in there. We'll yeah. teach him a lesson. And Batman's like, like I'm you know, Martian Manhunters. Batman's like, I'm Bat. I have no time for this. And and Martian Manhunter's, like, it will teach him a lesson. And Hawkgirl's like, I'm Thanagar. If you couldn't fight your way out of jail, what good were you? And John's like, Okay, fine. I will go get him. <laughs> I want to believe that Martian Manhunter would be slightly more sympathetic, but just doesn't have the means. He's like, I can't open a checking account. I'm a Martian. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's got a soft spot. Two forms of identification, and my entire race has been wiped out. Yeah, 
just um, sulking. Yeah. Well, I, I always feel sorry for the Martian Manhunter in this series because um, he's so much more of a grown-up than the rest of them, if that makes sense. Like, this is a guy who, you know, has this really tragic backstory, and all he wants to do is be on this, this planet that he's had to adopt as his home and, and try to do some good, and he's like, why am I surrounded by these weird pink idiots? Like, <laughs> I, I feel so... Because at least with, with um, Shaira, the uh, hot girl... Like, her attitude is, I can hit it. Like, that is basically like her, her emotional starting point for any conversation is, can I hit you? Oh, I can hit you. And, and she goes from there. And John just wants to understand. I always kind of think of, like, Martian Manhunter and Batman are the parents of the uh, the Justice League. Like, they're the I ones, like, right, kind yeah. of, like, hurting everybody. And, like, you know, they buy the stuff and they, you know, they're figuring yeah. out, <laughs> you know, they're making out the chore wheel. Um. Martian Man- Manhunter is the one who goes shopping and has to repeatedly take things out of the cart that wally has put in yes <laughs> so it is i think you know. that it's it's strange to me how much uh like superman really kind of drops back as a personality he is not like a uh, a big part of the justice league he he you know i guess maybe yeah. clark Kent is you know he's actually extremely introverted when there's these other heroes around he's just gonna sit into the corner and you know check his email um maybe he's just really thrilled to have other people around maybe um you know, because uh, what I what I find interesting about the dynamics here is that he and Diana are kind of like the overachieving older siblings of the group, where mm-hmm. like they're off at college for the most part, while 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 Bat Dad and and, and Momshin Manhunter or Martian Mom Hunter at this point are are, are busy hurting the other ones, and and uh, obviously Wally is the kid of the bunch, and then the overachievers come home from college and do their chores. You know, where chores defined as foiling Lex Luthor. And then they go back and, and, and major in pseudonyms or whatever. So, <laughs> Hey, by the way, is mm-hmm. Wonder Woman and Batman, are they like kind of a thing yes. in the yes. series? Or at yes, least they, they kind of they kind of build toward that, right? Yeah. But that, they, they, there's yeah. a lot of like winking, winking back and forth at each other. Yeah. It turns, it, okay. like the, okay. the subtext becomes more text later on. Yeah. Um, so, so there's that. Um, just like you may or may not have noticed that uh, Green Lantern has a real big thing for Shira. I don't know. If, do we see that in this episode? I know that's a, that's no, a big big thing no, later. That, that, is that they have like yeah, yeah he has a big crush. I saw that. Um, yeah. So yeah, because that's that's the thing. Like they start to lay down in in bits and pieces where the two of them have a rapport mm-hmm. that she doesn't have with anybody else. And I can remember watching these episodes like way back when they first started going. Are they really going to do that? And, oh, oh, they are really going to do that. <laughs> I like at one point there's time travel and they meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, their son from the future and that like really yeah. messes with green lantern's head because he's like you know like fate is really well, complicated they weren't dating at the time because it was so um without spoiling a series that's over a decade old well i'm gonna go ahead and spoil a series that's over a decade old so it gets complicated because it turns out she's an advanced scout for a thanagarian invasion and she's Whoops. very sorry that she deceived everybody and she feels really badly about it and she ultimately turns her back on her people and stays on earth with a whole planet that hates her because i guess she has no hopes and dreams and um so that's like basically the end of the justice league and then fast forward to justice league unlimited which is is like a very broad ensemble show and we find out that john has rebounded with vixen as you do and um then the following nightmares happen to john one vixen and hawk girl become friends which is his personal nightmare because like they bond over him and swapping stories about him so that is pretty much anyone's nightmare when your ex and your current are friends 
And then um, there's that weird time travel thing and it's all, oh, we have a son in the future. And he's like, this is super awkward because I'm not dating you. And my current squeeze does not really like this news. So <laughs> it is, and it, it is endlessly amusing to me that out of the Justice League, the one person who has love life problems is not Wally West, who, insofar as we can tell, never successfully completes a conversation with a woman during any, any of these, these comics. But it is, in fact, Jon Stewart, who is apparently working his way through the women of the Justice League, breaking hearts left and right and getting caught up in awkward time travel stuff. So <laughs> As I you find do. Endlessly, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, Batman is too busy having his weird will-I-won't-I will I, with uh, Wonder Woman. And I, I, I wonder where... The, I, want, I wonder, huh? Uh, I, I, I would love to know where that came from. If it was just the actors had particularly good repertoire, and they're like, yeah, fine, we'll go in this direction. Or if they were like, well, why not? This humanizes bats a little bit, or, or what the story was there. But um, Well, wait a minute. Was this the first time this started happening because of the Justice League cartoon? Because when I watched Batman v Superman... Mm -hmm. Um, spoiler revealed. I mean, mm -hmm. there's a little bit of, uh, you know, chemistry between the two. Yeah. Is there? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, no. it's, it's not overt. Okay. Is anything overt in that movie? I don't know, but yeah. that, that's not what I'm talking about. Again, I want to point out to incomparable, to incomparable <laughs> listeners, if you want me to watch this movie, um, tell your friends to join the Incomparable, uh, up the membership drive, and uh, drop a note to Jason Snell saying that as a condition of membership, Lisa Schmeiser has to watch Batman versus Superman. Okay? Just <laughs> <laughs> put the gun to your own head there, Lisa. serious so. Well, you know, I, I love the incomparable. I will do a lot of things for it. And okay. watching Batfleck will be one of them, obviously. Uh, <laughs> she says face palming. Um, well, I, I always figure that, ba honestly, I always figure that Superman and Wonder Woman are better together, both because they, they tend to come from a very, they, they're both outsiders in, in society. And they both have these these really um, unambiguous moral visions. And to me, Batman's much more interesting because he's much more ambiguous and because he's very human. However, that being said, that's my take on them in the comics. In the cartoons, I'm totally like, oh, Batman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She's too good for you, but you can try. Uh, <laughs> and go from there. So, so there we are with that. But yeah, um, fun girl, you're episode. I love the guest stars on this series. I love that Powers Booth basically voiced a gorilla, um, you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, and the, that's the thing I the would gorilla like to see is ultimately. Mm -hmm. The gorilla is ultimately defeated by the Flash being fast, as happens in everything that yeah. the Flash defeats, right? Uh, it makes sense. Yeah. It, it, it's a good bow. Yeah. 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 All right. So um, I would like to thank everybody for having tuned in for our uh, take on the family dynamics in Justice League. Um, the, is it Martian Mom Hunter or is it Momshin Mar Ben Hunter? It's the one that you could actually say because the other one seems way too hard. Yeah. I, I, you know, Martian Mom Hunter sounds really ominous, but I like the idea. I, I like that. I like the parental conceit, and I also like I just imagine Carl Lumley voicing like, whenever he finds out that Flash has once again not made his bed. Mm -hmm. So, so again, I want to thank you all for tuning in for our summer homework. Um, and to remind you, you can catch up on these episodes on Netflix, iTunes, or Amazon. They're all streaming there. Um, those are entirely legitimate ways to get them and to support the people who do make great editorial content. Um, with you, as always, I'm Lisa Schmeiser. Uh, yeah, I'm Phil Moslack. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I'm Tony Sindelar. Goodbye, nerds. Uh, for next time, you should check out uh, the episodes. It's another, another two-parter from the Justice League uh, from the next season, A Better World, parts one and parts two. 